Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. We are back on the Snapchat game. If you remember back from some of our shows in the 80s and 90s, that was a hot topic for a little while. We got away from it, but we are coming back with our interview with Berg TV's Michelle Flynn. The Berg TV team launched their channel over a year ago and dedicate all of their stories to exploring different parts of the city of Pittsburgh. This is somewhat counterthetical to a lot of social media posting, which is about maybe specific niches or trying to reach a global audience. But they're really drilling down on one specific geographic location and are seeing a ton of success. It's really exciting to see the channel grow. She's come to some Thunderbirds games and other events around the city that I've participated in. So it was really fun to talk to her, both about the execution of the channel and just some of her thoughts on social media in general. Definitely informative and a lot of passion and emotion behind her words. So please enjoy my conversation with Michelle. Michelle Flynn. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. So, so let's start off with just when, like, I don't know if it was an event or a moment or, or when Snapchat kind of caught your attention because you know, there's some people, whether it was when Twitter came or Facebook came and like the light bulb went on, they're like, oh my God. But for plenty of people, they not only did they not know Snapchat even existed, but the light bulb didn't go on, hey, I'm going to try to turn this into a business or a side hustle or something that stands on its own. So um, creating Berg TV or Snapchat as a platform, take us through the the realization that this could really be a platform where you could best express yourself. That's a great question. I'd first admit that I used to be, I guess you could say, an anti-social media list. (laughs) I didn't use anything. Um, I used a little bit of Facebook, mostly in high school, but then in college, I got rid of it. I had this desire to just want to connect with the community I was living in. I guess I was a Kent State hippie, (laughs) and I wasn't using any of it, and I think that helped me to stay focused on school. And at the same time, though, I, I did did kind of feel like I was missing out on things. And But I was just so adamant that I didn't need it. I was so adamant that I did not need social media. And I was about to graduate and was recognizing that the past four years I spent with some wonderful friends and colleagues um, is you know, now not going to be a part of my life as much as it used to be. And I thought, how am I going to stay connected with them? And I, I couldn't get them all to change. I couldn't get them to all pick up the phone or make the effort to travel and, and meet up. So I knew I, I had to change myself. And at the time, there was a lot of talk about Snapchat. And um, I studied theater and film in school. And the fact that you could just film and immediately share content with your friends in an instant just was really appealing to me. Um, And I created a Snapchat account and um, came up with a silly username and found as like, oh, wow, this is a, you know, interesting, fun medium and was able to stay connected to my friends. But there was still something about social media that was irritating me. And 
you know, of course, with the sexting connotation that Snapchat developed, I, it kind of it was irritating to me that there were so many of just really unacceptable content out there. And I thought, goodness, like, I'm kind of supporting this by not saying or doing anything about it. What can I do to show this is this is how this medium really should be used? And I was kind of in the midst of just completing some acting gigs and looking for some more full-time work and thinking, figuring out how can I turn this acting degree into another passion where I could consistently uh, make money and make a living. And I was really having a hard time finding a job. I just saw a statistic on LinkedIn yesterday showing where Pittsburgh's um, uh, job market had declined in the past year or two. And I definitely believe that. I feel like I lived through that. I went to as many networking events as I could, as many interviews as I could, but just wasn't finding the right fit. I happened to meet, through one networking opportunity, a digital marketing specialist. And I just asked him, like, you know, what are you working on? Um, Anything that you would like to develop other than what you're currently doing? And he said, oh, I'd love to build this silly thing called Berg TV, Pittsburgh Snapchat Story. But I got a family, a wife. I don't have time to host it. And I'm having a real hard time finding somebody to host it. Well, I immediately handed my <laughs> acting resume right there and said, I'd like to hear more about this and uh, would value an opportunity to host it. And he challenged me and he said, well, like, what makes you a good host for this channel? And I said, well, I think there is a layer of Pittsburgh that's kind of being missed across a lot of platforms. And I see it when I'm walking the streets I hear it in the sounds. I see it in the people's faces. And there was just this layer that I thought I would really like to hit that. And I saw where Snapchat was going to be a strong medium to effectively do that. Was there anything in particular that made you feel that way? Was it the video component? Was the disappearing video? Was there a particular quality that resonated with you? Um, I'd say the video component as well as I felt like we were actually really connected to our followers. We had just put out a you know Facebook message about starting this channel and gained some traction with that to kind of form our beta audience. And so it's kind of funny thinking about using the competitive medium <laughs> to, to gain our audience, but we had to start somewhere. And I noticed when we did our premiere story, I just really felt like I was really connected to the people that were watching. They were snapping back and saying, this is just really cool. Like, I like what you're doing. And I felt like I was getting to know them by name and face. And I I don't think I ever really felt that through um, Facebook or Twitter. And yes, I think that's, that's, that was something that is unique about it. And I think Snapchat kind of challenges us to continue that route where we actually need to connect with the people that we're following and you come to de- develop these um, oftentimes connections with people that maybe the other mediums wouldn't have helped you to discover. Very similar story with me, just the, for, for me, not coming from necessarily an artistic background, but you have the really basic tools of drawing on the picture. Now they have stickers and these other things that you add. For me, there was a different level of create, a different type of creativity that could be brought. 
to what you were doing on Snapchat. You know, you go on one end of the spectrum, you have a YouTube or if someone has like their own blog, that has that's something that's gone through multiple revisions. That is like a really punched up piece of work. And then on the flip side, you have the, you know, spewed out 140 character tweet. I would say back like before Snapchat, Instagram wasn't exclusively like the glossy edited photo, uh, you know, maybe threw a quick filter on, but there's still plenty of silliness on there. And it really fit into this nice kind of middle region where I could be creative, I could be silly, it's disappearing, there's there's just this different energy to what was going on there. And, exactly. and we've, in previous episodes, gone through a number of other Snapchat creators that have a similar story. Um, but but interestingly, with Berg TV, and, and what you alluded to in that answer was, you're really focusing on the city and, and highlighting different sections or segments of the city and really kind of moving in regionally, whereas not that there aren't kind of regional entities on different social networks, but really bringing a regional focus to a platform that in my mind really doesn't have much, if any of that. You know, you have like the traveler who's always shown off some sort of different geo filter in a different location, or you have someone who's maybe kind of connected to a specific piece of work. But what challenges have been associated with that? Or how have you strategically gone about highlighting the city and cultivating an audience around Pittsburgh snaps? Yes. Oh, I love that question. Um, I think one way that we went about it was really kind of immersing ourselves uh, with the people. You know, I had to make a decision after graduation. Do I move back to Pittsburgh or not? And something made me stay. And I can say that is the people. And when I think about our first story that we did, which was just walking through the streets of the Strip District and talking to the fellows behind the fish market counter, there it allowed just such an accessibility to be able to share these beautiful moments. I, I couldn't get over the fact that I was able to just kind of walk into, you know, one of the stores or restaurants and engage with the people that worked there and just be able to share it instantly. And I think that's what kind of made our channel unique and continues to make it unique is that we are living the experience with you. One of my other favorite stories is just being immersed in the crowd of the Stanley Cup Parade. We could have chosen to be on the corner of a parade and just, you know, Snapchat the beginning of the parade as it went by. We walked with the crowd, and um, that was just something that was an incredible experience and engaging with Pittsburgh Yinzers and... You know, a couple of them would ask us, you know, what are you guys doing? And we'd explain to them what we're doing. And, you know, it'd be exciting to see that they would follow us. So we we connected in, in person as well, not just electronically. Do you get that a lot where you find yourself just explaining at like a 101 level how to use Snapchat? Or what, like, what are some of the most common questions, I guess, that you get? Sure. Uh, well, at first, um, because I think Snapchat overall was still dealing with this, but a lot of the... I heard this is a sexting app. We had to help shut that down. Yes, unfortunately, there are many people that still use it in that way, um, just as the other mediums went through this hurdle as well. But we we had to show, no, this is this is something that could be used to, to do good things. And oftentimes, I would just snap something as I'm talking to them and then flip the camera to them and show them, look. And 
then they're like, oh, wow, that, that, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then I would say the next uh, difficult thing was, yes, dealing with people that were like, okay, I put a Snapchat, but I, I don't have an account. Like, why should I get an account? And that's when I would focus on the stories. I would tell them the kind of stories that we're doing. And they said, oh, yeah, I, I, I think I've heard of that place. Or, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like a, um, you know, an interesting place to visit. And that, that got them engaged, too. When you came to the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds game and shot the story, you think you ran to my dad at some point yes. and he just basically went through that exact experience with you, found out what you were doing. And I found out the next day that he had downloaded Snapchat and was following one person and it was your <laughs> TV. Wasn't me, wasn't the Thunderbirds, wasn't anyone else in like our family. It was just Berg TV. But that's, I mean, that's amazing that you can be the catalyst and that jumping off point for people. Do you ever find yourself giving advice to people who don't necessarily know where to get started on moving from a consumer of the content to a creator of the content? Because that's something that's interesting for me is, you know, in this podcast, like I, I had to move from being someone who listened to a bunch of podcasts every day to someone who makes their own. And I know that I went through a phase on Twitter where I have friends who I know they have Twitter accounts and I know they read Twitter all the time, but they never retweet anything or share anything. Or they're never on the creation side. So have you helped anyone work on that? Or do you have advice for folks who maybe are in that stage of, yeah, I mean, I follow a few stories and I kind of see what other people do, but like, I don't really know where to get started. Yes. Um, I've definitely come across that quite a bit and I, I went through that myself. I, again, I wasn't using anything and kind of had to figure out, okay, how do I, you know, jump into this community? And I, I oftentimes will tell people to just try it, you know, just give it a try. And you might be a, a bit shocked by, by the response. And so to also be prepared for, I, I also didn't realize going into it, you know, it's wonderful that we've built the following that we have. And I feel like we got a lot of supportive people from Pittsburgh following us, but also nationally and internationally. But I also dealt with a lot of, I don't like the way her hair looks. I don't like the way her voice sounds. And when you think about it, putting your face out on social media and exposing your life to the world is kind of a daunting task. You're exposing yourself to a lot of criticism. And I think that's where uh, I'll ask people, what do you want to say? Like, what do you, what are you passionate about? What do you think you can offer to the world? And do do just that with it. So maybe you're passionate about wanting to raise money for medical research. Figure out the best medium to help communicate that. Find your audience. Again, don't just connect with them electronically. Get to know them uh, out and about. Show them what you're doing. And don't be don't be afraid to try to sell yourself. And if somebody doesn't like what you do, don't don't let that stop you either. You just either weren't the right fit for them and it's kind of funny to think about like where I was about a year and a half ago to now went through a lot of rejection from jobs uh, rejection from people who didn't quite like what we were doing on Berg TV but find that part of the project that is just going to fuel you because you're just so passionate about it and you want to communicate that and develop that support system that's going to pull you up when you're faced with some backlash and whatnot. If we could all figure out how to use this tool to see 
more positive opportunities come about, it's cheesy to say, but the world would be a better place. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I love that because I've had conversations with friends and just random people about social media in general, like this commentary that social media is bad. It's not good. It's unhealthy. Like, you know, there'll be some, we did this report and people who look at Facebook are sadder or something like that. And the important point that I focus on is that it is a tool and it is what you make it. And so I know that there are people who, I'm just going to use Twitter for an example, but it could be anything. Their feed is completely full of health coaches and healthy eating and, and healthy recipes and yoga poses and meditation, like guided meditations. If that is what you are consuming, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that that is not healthy for you. That's moving your mind into healthier habits exactly. and making a productive means for yourself. If you're someone who fills up their feed with business news and business education and how to be better at marketing or, or these different kind of business skills, you are building a skill set and a tool set or you're aware of financial news. So it fundamentally, it has to be about being a tool and being a tool also for connection and finding other like-minded people and finding, um, if you do create something, people that you can share it with and that they'll enjoy. And, and the other kind of part to that is, as you alluded to with the doing this now for over a year, the nature of you, you shipped it and it wasn't perfect the first time you made your first snap. I, not that it wasn't magical as you were going down the strip district, but you've also refined your craft. And that kind of fear of moving into creation is that, well, the first thing I make isn't going to be perfect or killer or the Mona Lisa. It's like, of course it's not. That is the, the process of getting to creating something really great. And your, your stories have improved and I'm sure they're going to continue to improve as oh, you yes. get more reps at it. It's just like anything else. Mm -hmm. That That's number one piece of advice I give folks is, you know, they'll say, I don't know why this thing I'm doing isn't catching on or, you know, I'm afraid it's not going to be quite how I want it. It's like, well, you haven't started or you've done two. Like that is, that is still the foundation of building the skills to actually be able to execute on what you really want to do. Exactly. And I think if you have those core things that you're passionate about, nothing will get in the way of you fulfilling your project. And that's what I can think of um, when the founder and I were talking initially about, you know, what are, how we could host these stories and whatnot. I, I asked him, I was like, would you mind if I saw the other applications of hosts and what they were suggesting they would do a story on? And a lot of them were, oh, I'd Snapchat a pirate game at PNC Park. I would go up to Mount Washington. And, you know, those things are, are all great. And a majority of the population here supports those things. But I just remember thinking, when I look at Pittsburgh, like, I just, my heart melts. Like, it literally melts. Every day when I drive into it, I just, there's just something about it that, I mean, I'm in, really honestly in love with the city. And I think that's what helped me to think beyond, you know, what those maybe outside of Pittsburgh would most identify with our city. And wanting to show that our city, yes, it's dealer country, but we're more than that, too. And also, you know, discovering a real quick story is um, I had never thought this would happen to me in my early 20s, but had discovered what thankfully turned out to be a benign breast tumor. But going throughout that process taught me a lot and um, made me really proud of the medical research here in Pittsburgh. And it taught me that I don't, I don't want my, 
most recent social media posts to be negative in any way. I wanted to know that it helped lift somebody. And so I really live by the motto too, and this is what fuels me, is let us smile each chance we get. I want to know that the last thing I shared on social media was going to lift somebody, not bring them down. And I'd like to, I'd like to think that I'm communicating that through the Berg TV stories, but also through like my personal accounts too. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I, there's nothing to do other than agree with that notion. <laughs> um, I'm curious, as you said at the beginning, you were not so into social media and, and weren't using yeah. these other platforms. And you just mentioned your other personal accounts. How has this endeavor changed your perspective on the other social media platforms that you use? Have you found a liking to some of these other ones? Are there still ones that you stay away from? And, and why is that? Oh, I'm, I like them all. Um, you know, they're, I would definitely say I'm partial to Snapchat. It's probably the one that I do use the most. Um, again, that kind of just goes back to being in theater and film. And I just love video. And um, I enjoy make, knowing I'm making friends, followers laugh. But I I love like Twitter for live events. It's just so great to be able to connect with somebody and, you know, be like, oh, you were at that event too. Or, um, you know, it's that that's been a really cool discovery with Twitter I've, I've come across. Instagram just feels like a wonderful photo, photo gallery, you know, <laughs> like I just, it's like a virtual photo gallery I get to carry in my back, back pocket. And I'd also say uh, with Facebook, um, I think I'd like to start using the live video feature a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I know there's definitely people going back and forth on that. Um, I haven't used it enough yet to really form an opinion on it, but I, it's interesting to see where I think they might be moving from a social media platform to more of a media platform. And I noticed that with, uh, and I think while I, I will continue to focus most of my energy on Snapchat is seeing this value of, I'm not just posting on a wall. I'm actually sharing my day with people and being able to have a conversation with them. Um, and then when you reconnect in person, it's like a beautiful thing. Cause it's, Oh, I saw your story on that. You know, this, we're all, we're all living a story. You know, we all got a plot in our life and, being able to not just share mine, but see the other plots that people are living and seeing them go through something. I think this, that's another key thing to, to Berg TV is the followers can see our team going through something. Yeah. That, that To me, that is far and away the biggest selling point for Snapchat yes. is more than any other social media platform. If you're really talking about connection and finding, you know, bringing the digital into the real life and, and vice versa. More people have said, oh, my God, I saw your story when you did X, Y, Z, and that was awesome, or that looked so fun, or tell me more about that. And, and having an actual catalyst for a conversation about what someone's doing, and the flip side of seeing someone else's story and being like, yeah, that was ridiculous, or <laughs> whatever happened. And that is, when when I'm speaking with someone who's kind of back in that camp of not necessarily knowing what it's all about, the two main pillars for me are the creativity, but also the ability to just really know what's going on in someone else's life and strike up a yes. conversation because often you know someone has maybe like a multi-paragraph political rant on facebook yes. or something like that it's a little hard it to is necessarily a book. <laughs> like 
bring up all those emotions and feelings but it's like oh it looked like you were at an amazing concert or oh, it looked like you were you know seeing family wherever that must have been awesome oh exactly and I, I noticed too that when we're doing stories people just love seeing the um kind of like imp- improv nature about it we've got, like gone back and forth sometimes depending on who we're working with they they do kind of want us to to block the the story and show how it's going to move and but i always tell them you know uh we'll do our best to stick with this but it's subject to change if there's a beautiful moment that happens we want to catch it like we can't just look the other way uh, that actually happened at the um thunderbirds game initially thought okay i'll, I'll wrap up the story and but then there was like a um father and son that was getting his uh frisbee signed by all the players that wasn't something i was anticipating happening um and so that was that's what i really love about snapchat is it kind of forces us to be a bit more raw it forces us to be a bit more in in the moment and that's the challenging thing with social media and i think why i was so against it initially was is it really connecting us is it really helping us to make friends and I just wanted to figure out how can you really connect with people through this and not just connect with people but also again sharing these stories that you know the news has so much to cover with breaking news and you know the um, crime and uh, whatnot that Oh, there's just this other layer that I I hope that we can work to continue to expose people to it, and I'm sure it will continue to to evolve and whatnot. But yes, I think that that's something I would love to continue still tra- striving for. I don't know if I've quite reached it, but figuring out how does this really connect us? Absolutely, and it's going to be a constant process, without a doubt. They'll never never be perfect, but. You're doing a hell of a job, and I hope people, I implore people to check out Berg TV on Snapchat. If you don't know how to do that, there'll be links in the show notes for this episode at goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast. The best place to find the show notes for this and every episode of the show. Uh, Michelle, before we wrap things up, is there anything that I just didn't give you a chance to say today? Um, Let's see here. <laughs> I was Snapchatting. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um... I think to just encourage people to not be afraid to try new things and uh, give something a chance and you never know, you might be surprised. (laughs) Awesome. Well, like I said, we'll be linking to Berg TV in the show notes anywhere else that you'd like us to point people towards in the digital world to connect. I'd love them to connect with me too. Um, Again, going back to connecting with actually connecting with people through social media um i could be found at flynn footage that's f-l-y-n-n footage on twitter and instagram and thank you so much to everyone that's listening to this if you've already been following us we really appreciate the support and thanks to your dad (laughs) (laughs) go bernie yeah yeah like we said we'll be linking to all that and really encourage people to check it out especially if you're a pittsburgher or just want to get more in touch with what's going on and kind of the the pulse of this city is is a great tool for that um but as we do michelle at the end of every episode of the show we give our guests the mic one last time to issue an actionable personal challenge for the audience so when you're ready you can take it away (laughs) 
this is going to seem really broad at first, but um, kind of goes back to my decision to eventually try social media and Snapchat in general. Try something that you normally wouldn't do. Maybe it has to do with, um, could be professional or personal. Maybe it's a different type of networking event you're not used to going to. Maybe it's um, an app that you've been putting off to download. I will shamefully admit I've officially downloaded Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I was being so lazy with just always sticking to, to uh, Pandora. But expose yourself to something that you know you aren't used to yet. And more specifically, this goes back to my roots. Consider uh, taking an acting class. Uh, particularly in improv class. And I think most actors would agree with me on this. Is It puts you in many situations where you feel uncomfortable and you need to figure out kind of how to get out of that. And when you have that discovery, it's just amazing the, the difference in the way that you kind of live your life and present yourself. I When I ha- had this discovery of learning how to get through a uncomfortable situation. I know I'll continue to go through uncomfortable situations and I'll continue to be challenged and but it's it's taught me to thrive on that and um I I really enjoy it. I enjoy it. And another important point related to that is if you I'm, there's plenty of people listening that already kind of have quote unquote their thing. Like I'm all in on X Y or Z, but there's countless examples of people who were masters and experts going into some other field to take something away from that field and bring it back to their area of mastery, whether it was uh, Lynn Swan, the receiver for the Steelers who went and took ballet classes and was considered, you know, one of the most graceful receivers to ever play the game. And there's, there's many, many more, but bringing that mentality of, or or, uh, Johnny Cash's daughter, Roseanne Cash, when she was trying to grow as a musician, actually took painting classes to further expand her repertoire and, and learn to think visually about art and about creative expression. So there's there's countless examples of that. And if you're kind of questioning maybe how applicable that challenge is, I I fully engage, I fully challenge you to take that and, and see it as a way to better whatever it is that you're mastering. Exactly. I'm looking forward to figuring out the next challenge for myself. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll look forward to the next time that you come back on Going Deep. Uh, but this has been awesome. Episode 185 is at a wrap. We just went deep with Michelle Flynn. I hope everyone out there has a fantastic day. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit subscribe if you've not already done so. This episode, like every episode, is brought to you by audible.com. It is a repository of over 180,000 titles, different audiobooks that can help you get smarter and read more in 2017. Also, I want you to get excited for some of our forthcoming episodes. We have nonprofit leader Grant Oliphant runs the Heinz Endowments and named the 2015 Most Powerful Person in Pittsburgh, along with Kyle Crawford, who is building an online course specifically geared to helping nonprofits raise more money and work more effectively. That and much more on forthcoming episodes of Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thanks for listening. 
Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.